0: Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad free for just three ninety nine. That's it, three ninety nine a month. You'll get not only my ad free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm gonna give you the list in a minute of what you've what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Premium. Now you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's Glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on Michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who is at the Helm, from 1965. It's heard nowhere, but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, We replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My Interview with Donald Trump from 110.20.11. 110.20.11, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. (laughs) <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm savagepremium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage. To be very short, I want to introduce to you on Martin Luther King Jr. Day from I Have a Dream to I Have a Scheme. Certainly Obama ran with that one. Jesse I. Jackson ran with that one. Al Sharpton ran with that his whole life, that degenerate street bum. And of course, white demagogues like Joe Biden are using the I have a dream, I have a scheme to the nth degree, trying to capitalize on the pain of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. for their own advantage. It's, it's out of Stalin's uh, playbook. So I just saw a story I had to share with you, which is shocking, actually. Even for me, I'm stunned. There's a commission in San Francisco, a so-called reparations committee in San Francisco that's proposing five million dollars to each black longtime resident resident, uh, total debt forgiveness and supplementing lower income recipients income for 250 years. Now, you and I both know this is totally insane, but it doesn't stop the gangsters in the reparations business from proposing five million dollars to every black. Now what's interesting here, is that they know that neither San Francisco nor California adopted the institution of chattel slavery. But they're saying because of white supremacy, black people need $5 million apiece. Okay, that should really help soothe America's problems right now. Don't you think that'll help bring people together? It sure will. Oh, yeah. Now, to be eligible to get the $5 million off the backs of people like me, and I wouldn't give 10 cents, you'll have to take it out of my cold, dead hands. I wouldn't give you 10 cents. I have given you money since I'm a child. In welfare, in every other way, affirmative action, you've stolen jobs from me. Stop it already. 18 years of old, identified as black or African-American, identified as, what if I identify as an African-American? I mean, you're going to identify as a woman now if you're a man. And as a man, if you're a woman, so, oh, I see, on public documents for at least 10 years, they must also prove at least two, look how smart these people are, what schmucks. Two of eight additional criteria to listed includes, born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996, that's very limited. Proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years, why not 14 years, why not 12 years? And, quote, personally or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated, by the failed war on drugs so in other words even if you're a smack dealer you now have been picked on the city also calls to pay supplement lower income recipients income to reflect the area median income ninety-seven thousand bucks a year for at least 250 years who writes this racial disparities across all metrics have led to a significant racial wealth gap in the city of san francisco it argues by elevating income to match ami Area median income. Black people could better afford housing and achieve a better quality of life. Sure they could. And they want to clear up each eligible person's student and housing loans, credit card debt forever. Uh-huh. Who came up with this one? Board of Supervisor President Aaron Peskin, one of the worst pieces of human trash on the planet, told the SF Chronicle Hopes the plan is approved. This is beyond belief. I never saw anything like this. The African-American Reparations Advisory Committee has not yet received any feedback from the Board of Supervisors. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Meanwhile, House Demon Cats are pushing to establish a reparation committee of their own at the federal level. Representative Sheila Jackass Lee, Democrat Siberia, at 52 House Demon Cats, proposed legislation last week seeking reparations and an apology for slavery. Well, this should be a model for them. Five million bucks ahead. Why not? If you can get away with what these left-wing Stalinists have been getting away with, why not ask for five million ahead and forgiveness of all debt? Why not? Go ahead. Keep pushing, keep pushing, and wonder why people are insane in the country right now. I wouldn't pay you 10 cents. I wouldn't pay you 10... I got to stop. I paid you through taxation without representation. I paid you through welfare. I paid you through affirmative action. Now, having said that, you think this won't pass? One of the uh, supervisors already said, that's a great idea. Let's see what Governor Newsom has to say about it. I doubt he'll go for it. Now, the reason I'm wearing a track suit, I dug it up out of the, the uh, mothballs, is because I was searching the web, and I found out a lot of things are happening I didn't know about. Gentleman's Quarterly published an article that says, in 2023, the best suit is a 90s track suit. <laughs> And I had put all of my tracksuits away. I wish you could see this screen. We're putting it up on michaelsavage.com. It says, I never, know, I never knew how I'd dress as an old man. <laughs> it's written by some guy 30 years old. And he said he was walking around Coney Island, and he saw an old man in a tracksuit. He said, that was great. Then they show guys from The Sopranos with the tracksuits? I've always liked tracksuits, but of course, I stopped wearing them. But this one is primo. I should auction it off. It's a velveteen might be worth something to someone out there who wants to wear Michael Savage's old track suit. They're very comfortable. I was wearing them in the 2014, 2015 period, so uh, <laughs> I kind of like it. I've always liked these. They're easy to wear. you got pockets. You don't have to worry about a lot of other accoutrements that go with your uniform. Maybe I'll wear it to dinner tonight, but then I, I'm a splatterer. I'm like a guy out of Coney Island myself. I need a bib wherever I eat or whatever I wear, the, the meal is on the, on the, I don't want to ruin this velour suit because you can't clean these things. I'm immaculate if I don't eat. I'm actually pristine and immaculate. I was young. I never even needed to wear. Most of my clothing is so clean because I'm a very clean person. I'm hygienic. So listen to this. So t- I interviewed Dr. Kelly Victory about the VAX scandal and COVID, and we were going to run it tomorrow, but we're delaying it. Do you know why? You'll never, I mean, we learned, oh my God, what an interview I did. She's a sheer, she's the, uh, like a genius. We talked about the variants, the vaccine suppresses the immune system, the drug makers pressure Twitter, to censor activists like herself and my, and myself. We all had to live under a a, a, a fear. We talk about uh, athletes like Damar Hamlin of the NFL collapsing as it related to the va- mRNA vaccine. We talked about the corrupt our uh, D- CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, telling MSNBC in 2021, quote, vaccinated people do not carry the virus and do not get sick. It's a complete lie. She should be in prison. Fauci, of course, should be in jail for the rest of his life, 250 years and all of his assets seized from his grandmother. for what he did to this country, that lying pump, the good word pump, it's a combination of a person who deals with women of ill repute and those who pump stocks, you know, stock pumpers. Dr. Fauci is a lying pump. You know what I noticed last week? I was scanning around TV and there was the mortadella with eyes, uh, Neil Cavuto, He's about the dumbest one on on Fox News. I call him the mortadella with eyes. So Neil Cavuto, the mortadella with eyes, was interviewing none other than Anthony Fauci. I said, what the hell is this? And I watched it. It was like rehabilitating someone in the Soviet Union who had been disgraced and thrown out of the party. They know that Fauci has the credibility of my dog's droppings and they're rehabilitating. So I asked Dr. Uh, Victory, why are they rehabilitating this corrupt bastard, Anthony Fauci? She said, look at all the ads on Fox News and all the channels for drugs. There's almost not a minute, an ad break that doesn't go by where it's not another ad for another disease. And of course we all notice, how could people be this sick in our country? How did your grandmother live without all these drugs for all of these autoimmune diseases? And every minute there's another drug, another disease. So she said, that's why they're rehabilitating Fauci, because he's part of the uh, gigantic pharmaceutical industry. I said, okay, that makes sense. But listen to this. So I wake up this morning, and my son sends me a picture of me at the Lorraine Motel from 2014. It's a very famous story, by the way, uh, in the, for the people who listen to me now. I don't mean for the average schmuck out there. It's a picture of me in front of the Lorraine Motel. What a story that is, there it is. The Lorraine Motel where MLK MLK Jr. was assassinated. It's a great picture. And I tell the story in 2014, you may have caught it on radio, we were coming back from Florida and the plane developed problems, electronic problems. We had to land, forced to land. So we flew over the beautiful countryside of uh, Tennessee Landed in Memphis. I had never been to Memphis. And we had about six hours to wait until uh, the manufacturer's rep came out and tried to troubleshoot with the pilots, whatever. And the long and short of it is we rent the car and we asked the driver, local African-American man, where to go. So I said, how about Beale Street with the music? And I ate, oh, did I eat for cock the food, garbage. Destroyed my lipids, probably gave me the heart attack years later. I ate ribs like a chaza. I never eat ribs, I figured I'm in the south, I may as well eat southern food. I ate ribs because I was nervous in the plane. You know, it, like going down slow and things were failing. Oxygen masks were coming down. So I deal with stress in my own way, which is a very Jewish, I eat a lot. After the stress is over, <laughs> I eat. During the stress, I don't say a word. So I said, let's go to Beale Street. And I ate in the middle of the day, I couldn't hear the music, I wanted a beautiful Blues music in the middle of the day. So all I did was knock off ribs, my hands like you like glue on them, like crazy glue. No wonder people dropped out of heart attacks in that food. I loved it. Hadn't felt as good in 20 years. I set back my lipid panel probably 15 years, ribs and three buds. And it still we left, had three hours left to, to go after the Beale Street food, as I tell the story. So I said to the driver, where else should we go? He said, well, where do you want to go? I said, "Uh, I don't really want to go to Graceland immediately. I'm not an Elvis guy. So listen to this. He said, well, do you want to visit the Lorraine Motel where MLK Jr. was? I said, what? It's here? I, I didn't know. So we go over there, and it was like visiting a shrine. That changed the course of human events, that assassination. And I went there, and I was very, very moved by, so is my family. I mean, if you're not moved by what happened there and how it changed, it doesn't matter, all the stories, adultery and cheating, I don't care about that, you know why? If you're perfect, uh, let me know about it. Let me know, if the first perfect man listening to the show could stand up and tell me he's perfect, I'd like to hear from you. You know, like Jesus said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Of course MLK Jr. was flawed, so am I, so are you. But he did great things for the country. Great things. And I talked about hearing him at first in UN Plaza when I was a young teacher. God, that's a long time ago. And how stirred I... This man had a voice on him. As a man who's used his voice. God bless God for giving me the power of the voice. He had a voice on him that moved mountains. He moved mountains. And he was a good man. Overall a good man. And I then wrote how we've gone from I Have a Dream to I Have a Scheme. Obama was the schemer. Sharpton is a schemer from the get-go. Talk about dirty tracksuits. Jesse Jackson, a schemer from the get-go. All using the uh, civil rights movement to their own advantage. So I decided to find that show from 2014, and instead of running the show on the vaccines, we're gonna run the show on how BLM and others went from I Have a Dream to I Have a Scheme. how they hijacked MLK Jr.'s message. And then I was going to run the Victory Dr. Victory podcast. We may have to wait for a week, you know why? Because I have the great Colonel McGregor being interviewed about the war in Ukraine and how it's heating up and how it's all being pushed by the military industrial complex and the corruption of Zelensky. You'll hear all about it and how the poor Ukrainian people are suffering how the Ukrainian soldiers are being slaughtered, how they're suffering from tuberculosis in the in the, in the cold trenches. And Zelensky is appearing at the Golden Globes in uh, another green undershirt. I can't believe what's going on in my life. It is Vietnam 2.0 all over again. The military-industrial complex is pushing this narrative day and night, and it could lead to World War III unless you wake up. Unless you wake up. I have to add a caveat every time. No, I don't work for Putin, and I'm on the side of the Ukrainian people, and we all know Putin's a dictator. We all know he invaded Ukraine, and we also know everything else is true as well. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So there it is. I love my audience. I love my YouTube channel. But I have to remind you, the only reason you get this is because my podcast drives all everything else. My website, my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. It's the podcast that you must download. I'm appealing to you because right now every schmuck has a podcast. Every putz on the planet, every nine-year-old has a podcast. Luckily, I'm in the top 10 of my advertised cast family. You don't have to believe me, ask them. They're the biggest advertising agency in the business. They love me to death. And on their board of directors are some of the biggest people in the world. The Michael Savage podcast is important to them. And you have to understand that because there's now 90,000 podcasts, other agencies are selling all these other useless podcasts to the ad agencies run by millennials who don't know they're from there. And they put ads on these podcasts with nine-year-old girls. So we need your support. We want to maintain our top 10 amongst the Advertised Cast family. And the only way to do it is for having you download my podcast and everyone you know. I need you. I'm telling you right now because everything comes to an end. Now, I didn't want to get into this, and I don't think I will, about coming to an end. Uh, It's not like I have a dream and I've seen the other side, but I've had a dream and seen the other side. I'm getting tired of it all. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be here. I I swear to God, I don't know. First of all, you don't know either. You don't really know either, you know, but the odds are most of you will be here longer than I will be here. You know, at a certain point, I've used this metaphor before, okay? At a certain point, the sand, you know, go like this. So let's say you're a baby. So you have all this time on earth to do whatever you want. And when you think when you hit maybe a point of consciousness, as I did maybe, I don't know when I thought of mortality first, probably since I was two years old, I've always thought about it. I'm a unique personality. But most people don't think about mortality at all till them. I don't know when, teenagers, who the hell knows when. But they say, you know, I'm young, I don't have to think about it for another 50 years, so I'm not gonna think about it. I know that's what I did in my teen years. My 20s when I get mortality thoughts, eh, I got plenty of time, I'll worry about it then. Well, right now, my friends, my sand is more down here than up here. Most of my sand is down there. I'm 81 years old. I'm not ashamed to admit it, I'm proud to admit it. I've worked very hard since I'm five years old selling comic books in the streets of Queens, my used comic books. My father taught me to take these beautiful comic books I had, And he said, Michael, don't throw them out. Take a pen, run a line through 10 cents, put five cents on them, take a wooden crate, put it in front of the apartment building and sell your comic books, five cents a piece. They went like crazy. I couldn't believe it. That's when I understood business. You don't have to throw away good things. That's why I still have my tracksuit from 2014. I'm a guy who doesn't throw things out. I, 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 I like all the things that are still good. But I've been around a while. I've been working since I'm five. And um, I don't know. It's like the rhyme of the ancient Mariner. I'm starting to feel the mortality thing really strongly. And like old Captain Mike says, you better listen to your inner voice. Now, what that means, I don't know. You know, we buried Teddy last year, Thanksgiving, not this one, the year before. Teddy, the mascot of the Savage Nation, many of you came to love him and know him. He was with me every step of the way, underneath the desk and this and that. And um, Mrs. S bought a new dog for me, but he's not here much, you know. He, he's beautiful, I love him, but I don't have the feelings yet for him because I, I'm, not, I'm not around him all the time like Teddy. I don't know if I want to bond with the dog right now. Remember, the, the sands of time, they wait for no man, no matter what you do no matter how well you take care of yourself. And I've abused myself quite a bit. I mean, I'll admit, I'm a steady drinker. I drink to this day. I drink my half a bottle of wine at night, sometimes a bit more, not much more. And uh, without it, I don't think I'd be here. I'll be honest with you, I really do. I don't use marijuana. I did for many years when I was younger, it's poison. It's the worst toxin you could ever use because it F-ups your brain like you can't imagine. Now, if you're stupid, it's a good drug for you, if you're a dummy. If you have a guitar for a brain with one string, a banjo with two strings, marijuana is the drug for you. But if God gave you a Stradivarius, which you've tuned up all your life, and you want to put that crap into your brain, your strings aren't going to play a very good tune. Uh, The the ER rooms are filled with people like you who think you're too smart for it all. And uh, I don't even want to compare alcohol to marijuana because I know it's going to happen. All you junkies will tell me, oh, alcohol's worse. I know it's worse. You know what, get back to me when you're 81, do a podcast on how good you're doing. Marijuana was a disaster for me because I'm too intelligent for it. I have too high an IQ. The world is dangerous enough for you not to wreck your brain with a drug like that which is fat soluble and stays in you for a long time. Alcohol, I know how to titrate it. I know exactly how much I can take. I know if I go over by an ounce, I'm gonna have a headache or a hangover and get sick. It's also water-soluble, your body gets rid of it. It's why it's been around for so long. It's a wonderful anesthetic for people who are worried about mortality. It it works wonders after that first glass of white wine. I don't think about dying. I don't think about the other world, the next world, this world, that world, his world, your world, God's world. And when things really go bad at three o'clock in the morning, there's only one answer. You know what that answer is? It's not me, it's not you. It's the man upstairs. And I want to conclude with one other thought. It's been raining here incessantly. Finally, the weather's beautiful. I should be out again. i went on my bike twice already today. Oh, boy, the rain, Whew. I know the ground needed it. Now you won't hear from the idiots about how bad the rain is. First, it was drought, now there's the water. The global this, global that. No, it's called a cycle. It's a Mediterranean climate here. Seven years wet, seven years dry. That's how it's worked for eons. And I'll remind you, in the 1870s, the, the drought was so bad here in California before automobiles. The heat was so bad that corn stalks exploded in the cornfields in the Central Valley. <laughs> don't tell <laughs> to the warmest. They don't want to hear about that. Cornstalks blew up in the 1870s. You know, after a certain period of time, you learn a few things. You get to know a few things. So knowledge is, is everything. I have a lot of knowledge, which is why you're my loyal audience. You know that. Uh, and that's about it. I have nothing more I want to tell you other than Sunday morning. I have to finish that thought. I woke up Sunday morning with a thought. Some, my clearest thoughts come at dawn, that sleep-wake moment. That's the best time for creativity. Everyone who's an artist knows that. I've known it ever since I started writing when I was 16. Dawn, half sleep, half awake. And I train myself over time to write down my thoughts the minute I wake up. And even if I'm dozing off, years later, if I had a good thought, I always kept a pad and a pen next to my bed and would write down the thought, the seed of of an idea. It worked so well for me. I learned that from my childhood when we had a distant relative who was an engineer, one of the few educated people in the uh, community. They said, oh, uh, whatever his name was, Murray, uh, he's such a brilliant guy. He writes his thoughts down. In, in the middle of the night, I heard, I, you know, you remember things as a kid. So I woke up that morning, and here was the thought in my mind. The strongest bond between humans is between a mother and her son. The next strongest bond is is between, I think, the son. I don't even remember the rest of it. But the point was, the strongest bond between humans is between a mother and her son. Never forget that. Mother and a son. If you're a mother, you know what I'm talking about. A real mother. Mother and a son, strongest bond. Which is why when there's a family situation and the mother and father argue, the son will always take the part of the mother. He has to. That's just the way it is. But the strongest bond really between man is between man and God. Ultimately, when you break the bond between man and God, what you have is the United States of America and the Western world today. You have anything goes. People don't know which way is up. They don't know who they are. They have no center. They have no soul. They have no, you know, I I like to watch a show, Airline Disasters. So when they say to the tower, how many people are aboard? They say four souls aboard. That was then. How long has it been since you heard the word soul? You haven't heard it at all. Because we're living in a soulless age. Soulless age. You can blame anyone you want. You can blame everyone if you want soul. If the soul loses his or her contact with the creator, with God, anything happens and everything happens. And that's why our society has imploded. So what is the solution? Because I have a solution. When I was young in public high, public schools in, in Bronx, New York, the Ten Commandments were up on the wall. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not... Thou shalt honor thy mother and thy father. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's uh, wife. Thou shalt not, and and they went in your head. And then the vermin and the ACLU came along. They're the real domestic terrorists. See, if I had the power, I'd start a HUAC committee, House of Un-American Activities Committee. The first group that would go before it would be those running the ACLU. And when they're found guilty for what they are doing and have done, I would do certain things. They'd have to go into prison or be deported. But that's a topic for another show, okay? Ten Commandments, put them back in the schools. And don't listen to the snakes who say separation of church and state. Because without the Ten Commandments, what you have is America today. You have filth, garbage, pornography, death, disease, and dying. That's the last chapter, chapter of today's program. I've gone on much longer than I intended to. This will be up on YouTube shortly uh i hope you've enjoyed my retro tracksuit lecture today from i have a dream to i have a scheme and don't you dare not listen to it and share it with five people okay that's it well thank you very much for listening to today's podcast i hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it we have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.